Hey, my name is Zev Bannett, and you are listening to a preview of the Sex, Torah, and Kabbalah series from my content website, www.yesodblocks.com. If you like what you hear, and you want access to the full series, you can sign up on the site for only $4 a month with a 7-day free trial. So check it out, www.yesodblocks.com, and change your whole perspective of Torah and sex, and support my work all for the price of one cup of coffee a month. Looking forward to seeing you there. All right, yeah, so this is the first episode of the Sex, Torah, and Kabbalah series, and um, definitely pretty exciting. I'm excited to be sharing this. Uh, this is a lot of this content is new um, I mean, it's it's based on things that I've been talking about and learning about and teaching about for a long time in different situations, but it's a, kind of a new idea to put it all together into a series focused pr- particularly on this topic, so it's pretty exciting for me to do that. Um, and the basic uh, perspective, basic direction, I mean, the title kind of captures it, but um, obviously I want to try to add a little bit of color and a little bit of an expansion so you can understand, uh, I guess, why we're doing this. Why is there a series called Sex, Torah, and Kabbalah on my website? And why am I focusing a lot of my energy on this series? Um, and I think uh, in order to do that, I got to first tell you a little bit about who I am. That You got some of that information. A lot of you know me, obviously, my listeners who have been my students, my friends. And it's you know, obviously great to be sharing this stuff with all of you and those of you who don't know me directly. So I'm looking forward to getting to know you both through the classes, the sessions, and also the uh, the questions, obviously, that I expect and really look forward to hearing and reading and, uh, you know, answering as we go through this series. Um, so that's, uh, you know, for all the people who I don't know yet. But um, basically, so uh, my name is Zev Bannett, and uh, I've been really sort of learning and teaching um, Torah and Kabbalah concepts um, for the last 15 years or so. And I've been doing that because I've really been trying to sort of find my own way and try to get an idea of how to really live in a really, I guess you could say, full way, spiritual way, connected way. I kind of just wanted to get good at life. That's what I was looking to do. And when I was much younger, I think I was, I, I really, I was very insecure and I struggled a lot with um, trying to figure out the best way to be. And, you know, when you're insecure, so you really spend a lot of time um, afraid or shy. I was really, really shy when I was younger. Um, and when I was in high school, I really sort of had to start putting a lot of work and effort and focus onto how to get out of that way of being. And it kind of continued, like the same trajectory of like over time that I started to figure out smarter ways of, of doing things with my mind and my, my, my speech and how to just kind of become more socially connected. And I actually had to learn all that in a very uh, intense way. And I think that I never really stopped doing that because I think that the underlying drive was I just wanted to kind of just get good at life. And I don't know if I would say that I'm good at life now, but I've definitely seen a lot of changes in myself, which I'm, um, and some some of those changes I'm pretty happy about. Some of those changes I'm a little bit more uncertain about. And, you know, I'm just, like, I think we're all a work in progress, but I'm a rabbi. Um, that means that I learned in a school. The school is called uh, REITS. It's part of Yeshiva University's um, uh, array of programs. 
and uh, I live my life according to the Torah lifestyle, and that means that I constantly uh, use halacha, which means basically the practical instructions of how to express spiritual truths of the Torah. So halacha is that, that's what the word halacha means. And so I'm basically constantly using the practical framework of the Torah's uh, expression to live my life. And that at earlier phases of my life was pretty satisfying. Um, but as I kind of got a little older and as time passed, I really started looking for more depth and trying to understand the spiritual uh, roots, I guess you could say, um, that are underneath the practical framework of halacha. And so that process of learning, which really I've been doing for the last more than 10 years already, um, what was interesting for me about that was that it didn't just sort of help me to get to the spiritual roots. What it really did for me was it sort of showed me there's a whole world here. A, the halacha is kind of like the outer shell, almost like just 5% of the, of the Torah framework. And inside there's this huge, huge, huge spiritual framework of existence. And what's really neat about it is that I think that it's pretty possible to show that it's real. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times we talk about spirituality in a very um, vague way or, you know, just without really defining what we even mean. And I'm going to try to show you guys how, um, how to sort of see certain things that I think are kind of right in front of us, but we don't always notice them. And they are very, very real. And by real, I mean you can prove them, you can see them, you can touch them, you can interact with them. And that's a really big part of what it is that I'm trying to do with Yisod Blocks to try to really uh, uncover that stuff. And so that's, um, that's you know, a little bit about my background. Um, I'm, I'm Israeli and American. I live in, in, in Israel and in America sort of at the same time. And um, I've pretty much been working on this, and that's really what I'm trying to do with this website So and with this content. So now that's specifically getting to our series here, the, the Sex, Torah, and Kabbalah series. So the, the, the first question I think that, you know, anybody would ask someone like me, like, well, why, like, like, first of all, who are you that you even think you're qualified to give a talk or even a series? You know, it's a pretty uh, grandiose assumption that I could just give a series about this topic. It's a very big topic, you know, the whole world of sexual interaction, sexual intimacy. We have all these experts. We have um, sex therapists and sex experts, and there's hundreds of thousands of books written about this topic. And we have psychologists and psychiatrists talking about this, and there are teachers, and we have parents, and we have friends. And I think, like, what I kind of want to illustrate is that, you know, like, so you ask me, who am I that I, that I think that I should have any any say in the discussion. Well, you know, if you kind of look at the different people that I just mentioned, well, we have sex experts and we have sex psychologists and sex therapists, but then there's also teachers in schools and there are parents and there are friends. And then, you know, like those are all kind of just people that we always uh, sort of look to in some form to talk about these types of topics. And it's funny because we don't really realize that when we talk to different kinds of people like that, so we're learning from them in one form or another. We look to each other very often in our social networks, our friends and our families, to get reassurance about things that we're not sure about. And sex is an area that we are definitely not sure about a lot of the time. Um, and we're going to talk about why that is in a little bit. Um, but we look to all these different kinds of people to try to figure out what to do, how to navigate the world of sexual attraction, the world of sexual interaction, um, to, to figure out how to, how to get better at those things and how to deal with pain that comes from those things. And so what that leads to is that very often we have just a very wide range of people that we're looking to to get ideas about this. But it's actually deeper than that um, because, and this is where it gets a little bit tricky, I think, for a lot of us, because there's also um, even more subtle 
sources of information out there. So just as an example, you know, the obvious ones, I think, that are at the same time not that obvious. You know, when you watch television um, or Netflix or, you know, you're, you're watching movies and you're and listening to music and all of the people um, who are writing those movies or writing those TV shows or writing those songs, they have views and feelings and thoughts and fears and insecurities about the area of sexual intimacy. And very often they write about those things. Uh, it's actually part of the process of, of, of constructing entertainment is to make it that it's something which is able to resonate with the listeners and with the watchers. And that's why they write about things that they care about or have feelings about. And the area of sexual intimacy is an area where people have a lot of feelings and a lot of fear and a lot of, a lot of confusion. And so people write about these things. And so you'll get a whole, if you look at a hundred different movies that, have, you know, most movies have sexual intimacy in them portrayed in some form or another, but lots of different types. You know, they have lots of different kinds of portrayals that each of them are expressions of the particular uh, writers of that content. And so what you're doing is you're sort of absorbing through those, uh, through those settings more information about sexual intimacy also so and actually it's it's in a certain way it's even more subtle and and i, I even want to say the word insidious because it kind of just sort of seeps into our minds and there's not even necessarily anything wrong with that i'm not, I'm not making I'm not passing judgment on it i'm just sort of saying that it happens because we are watching and, and absorbing this content and the content is written and constructed in such a way that it's actually designed to resonate with you. That's what they're trying to do, and that, and rightly so. There's nothing wrong with creating content that resonates with people. If anything, if you're gonna create any kind of content, you should try to make it resonate with people. That's definitely a good way to do things. So, but the point is we end up absorbing a lot of ideas and information and perspectives about these issues from uh, all kinds of places that, are, that we don't even realize that we're doing. Hey, it's me again, Zev Bannett. I hope you enjoyed that excerpt. And if you did, then please share with all your friends and you can sign up for the full series at www.yesodblocks.com. And by joining and with your support, we could spread truth, spirituality, and deep, deep love in the world. Looking forward to seeing you on the site.